0: Today we talk views, streams, and the love for the audience as we talk to Shannon Jones of Bounce Patrol on Benny Asking People Questions. Benny Asking People Questions is recorded on Gadigal land and we pay our respects to the Gadigal people, both past, present, and emerging. And it's proudly brought to you by Major Minor Music Australia, which you can learn more about at www.mmma.com. One of a kind, unique, standalone are all terms that are used to describe the affection one may have of a person or a thing. Often well-deserved, but also often anything but a dubious accolade. However, what these accolades do often find themselves doing is hovering closely around the opinion of the user. It is often subjective and, as with love, is often in the eye of the beholder. However, it can happen that these words are based on something more, something so extraordinary that whether it falls within your love sphere or not, you cannot help but give it the praise it deserves, and more importantly, has earned. Today's guest is just that, an individual who truly is one of a kind, a standalone act, a unique beyond comprehension, opinion, and taste. Not only has she created Australia's single largest YouTube channel, she has forged a blueprint for others to follow, be inspired by, and reach for, and pay close heed to the wisdom she shares. She once suggested to me that she felt she wasn't cool enough to appear on my podcast, which also adds a new feather to her cap, one of total humility. What she didn't know was that I felt she was too big and could never imagine she would want to do my podcast in the first place. (laughs) Thankfully, we totally got over ourselves and buried the non-cool hang-ups and made this um, work. I am really delighted and totally miffed and excited to be chatting to Shannon Jones of the humongous Bounce Patrol all the way from Melbourne. Shannon, thank you for not being too cool enough today to join me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And, uh, yes, I have listened to lots of episodes of the podcast and often – I think we all get a bit of the imposter syndrome. So, uh, yeah, even if you're the largest YouTube channel in Australia, you still get it. It never goes away.
0: <laughs> I know. It's funny with the podcast because people go, oh, you haven't asked me. You go, it's it's not for any other reason that I'm probably just lazy and a little bit too caught up <laughs> in my own breakfast or lunch or something. It's just, you know. It's, yes. um, but, but it's nice that we got there because as I sort of said in the start, I, I, you really are. I mean, you, you're you're you are incredibly unique. You're you're incredibly unique and standalone in in a very um, in a kind of heavily utilised field. I mean, YouTube has become the thing, but you really are. I mean, what what you've achieved is quite is nothing short of extraordinary. And as I said at the start, you know, we often say unique, and they're, they're wrapped around your your own personal opinions. But you you are just You can't argue with the success that you've achieved with Bounce Patrol. Just quickly, Australia's largest YouTube channel, how do they measure that? Is it just purely followers? Is that how it works? Uh, Well,
1: by subscribers and by total views on the channel. So we have more subscribers than any other Australian YouTuber and more total views than any other Australian YouTuber. Oh, my God.
0: Goodness, that is, a, I'm just going to like go quiet for a moment there and just let that sink <laughs> in for all the people that are listening because there's some pretty big ones out there and to be bigger than all of that is is quite yeah. extraordinary. Including, now,
1: including all the musicians, you know, so any well, Australian musician you can think of, our music videos have more than them in any genre, not just in kids. He,
0: yeah, well, I must say that does lead me to a very uh, philosophical question, which I was going to leave to the very end. But you know what? I'm just going to do it now because I think <laughs> it's probably it's probably quite pertinent for the rest of the interview. Um, so here's me getting deep in philosophical, which I was going to leave till later, but I'll do it now. So you as a provider of children's content are the largest Australian YouTube channel. The Wiggles have been consistently our largest musical exports. Bluey is arguably one of Australia's most successful TV exports of recent years. Play School is this country's longest-running show. Why do we, and it's a big question out the gate, why do we still seem to brush over our children's industry? Our, our, Like, do you have an opinion as to why we're still... I don't know, it still feels a little bit brushed under the mat, despite oh, yeah, the is. extraordinary consistent success we have.
1: Yeah, I think we're really great at um, children's media in Australia, for sure. We definitely have a lot of talent in a lot of areas. Um, but I think, yeah, it's something about just not taking children seriously. Um, you know, partly mm. b- broadly in society, we we sort of, you know, children are these proto-humans that haven't haven't become what they will be yet um which you know I think a lot of children's musicians and me especially I don't ascribe to that I would say you know they're fully uh they're fully well-rounded human beings at all ages um mm-hmm. they're just at a different stage of life than we are and uh but because I think we di- we sort of diminish the likes and um delights of children, um, that carries through into diminishing the media that is created for them potentially mm. um, and also underselling how difficult it is. I think mm. a lot of people um, would think, oh, yeah, making children's stuff is easy um, because it's so simple um, and, you know, making something that would entertain an adult is complex and deep and layered, uh, not necessarily understanding that, two things, A, children's media can be deep and complex and layered, but also, B, if it's incredibly simple, simplicity is difficult, like actually boiling something down to its base elements and making something clear and get across a message that it wants to. um, That's something that I've been working towards for years is like how to get better at at simplicity because Mm. I have a tendency to overcomplicate things (laughs) Um,
0: and that doesn't really work well, I think I think too one what I mean the thing that people don't understand is when you're boiling down to simplicity, what you're often left with is the is the need to create something quite extraordinary with with nothing. I mean, you can you can take a pop song and have a general idea of just and then just and I'm not I'm not dismissing great pop music, but you you mm. then as you're saying, you layer it and you make it huge and you add all these things and you make it complex and you add all, whereas children's music, you're always striving to go, well, how can I, you know. I mean a beautiful example is just the the twinkle twinkle little star is you know arguably played on five fingers by Mozart at some point. it's Mozart, yeah. isn't it that wrote that and uh, yeah, and, so. and and you know it's this extraordinary example of just how difficult and how powerful simplicity can be absolutely um, do you feel you're getting closer to it? Is your is yourself getting simpler? <laughs> <laughs> More it's, basic is basically Yeah,
1: it's getting there, it's but it's finding the balance too.
0: We're balance control astronauts, we travel the galaxy flying through outer space is where we love to be. We float inside our rocket ship, in zero gravity join us on our mission of
1: discovery. I'm yeah I'm always trying to find a balance between what is simple enough for the younger kids to enjoy but also complex enough for an older sibling to want to co-watch and co listen which is mm. also another tricky thing because um, you know a four or five-year-old might say oh this is for babies but then if it's too um, if it's going too crazy then a two-year-old might be um, sort of shocked by it or, or not shocked is not the right word but um just a bit overwhelmed yeah, a, by
0: it yeah there's a huge there's a huge developmental leap between 1 to 2 and 2 to 3 and 3 to 4 Absolutely. and 4 to 5 something that a 4 year old's into is just going to be considered lame and pointless for a 5 year old yeah um so that's actually a really interesting point so you you you're thinking um clearly as I did suspect this podcast was not going to follow any of the questions I had written down so this this is this is great T- the job is off me immediately it's great um but it does raise a pretty interesting point because the one thing Bounce Patrol does is it doesn't necessarily sus- subscribe essentially to trying to appease adults
1: no yeah I mean we are serving the children we're not serving hmm. the adults I do think we add things in there to try and give the parents peace of mind Mm. Um, because particularly being YouTube focused first rather than music focused first, there is a lot of stigma around kids content on YouTube and parents, Mm. you know, the way parents feel about or the guilt maybe parents have about putting their child in front of something on YouTube. Mm. Um, And so Because we do have really good intent behind the content being nutritious and valuable for children, we sometimes really signpost that for parents to make sure that they know Mm. that this is a channel that's going to be safe and wholesome and nutritious for their children to watch. So there's that stuff in there as well, but but the overarching premise is that we are serving the kids because, you know, most of the success that we've come from is through understanding algorithms, uh, Mm. which is understanding the audience. So, um, you know, the algorithm is just the audience, like what the kids, the signal to those computer systems about what they like mm. is what ends up getting recommended. And the scale of our success is because the algorithm will end up recommending us to more children. And that's because the signals that went in were that those children enjoyed it. So when you work that back to the, to the sort of start of that thought process, it's really understanding what kids are going to want. And so we're really trying to serve the the children, mm. um, exactly what they want the the difficulty there is um finding the balance between what they want and actually what is are good for them shall we say because
0: that's yeah no that's a that's a really because again you've you've led me to a question which I was holding out to the very end because I thought it was going to be a bit too of a heavy question but you kind of you've sort of launched I don't know I now officially have no idea what's going on this podcast but you've just (laughs) led me to another question which and and don't take this question wrong you're you're totally okay to not answer it because it's a bit of a prickly one but there is like I guess because you're, you're doing the algorithm thing there, there might be an argument from people that say, you know um, I'll read the question. Cause I, I think I worded it much better. Okay. I want to ask a pretty good question, but I, but I'm asking because I feel it's something you probably have heard and you might, and I want to give you the chance to answer this, which you sort of touched on then, but some, some people might argue that your content does fall into that kind of clickbait, following the algorithm type of thing. And, um, you know where you're, you're, you are serving the algorithm as opposed to the audience. But I mean, it's obviously, it's obviously not that. But it is a criticism that's probably thrown out there. Yeah. How do you is that is that do you find that a little bit short sighted, a bit irritating, or do you have a stock standard answer, or do you sometimes go, you know what, I don't care, I don't have to try to explain myself.
1: Um. Well, I think that question usually comes from people who are equating serving the algorithm like you're serving a robot like you mm. can cons- like you're serving a computer system and forgetting that what that robot is doing is serving up the content that will delight the viewer so mm. if if something ticks all of the right algorithm boxes, but isn't something that an audience wants to watch because it's too clickbaity, it's not actually going to get recommended. The view yeah, of an well, algorithm I, being clickbait yeah. and something that people won't enjoy is a little bit stuck in the year two thousand and five. You know what I mean? Like sure, sure. If you think of our algorithm experiences as adults, when we've been consuming content online, for a while there, you know, the Google results for a search for um, whatever Mm. you were looking for was just clickbait and it was just SEO stuff and it wasn't really serving what we were looking for. But over time, algorithms got better at understanding, oh, the genuine content we're looking for is this and this will Mm. actually answer my search query. Or if you think about our media consumption on YouTube, generally YouTube is good at serving you what you want, right? And that's not because the algorithm is giving mm. you clickbait. That's because the algorithm mm. has understood what you want has to see. Has recognised what
0: you're enjoying, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I guess and it is in, sorry, go on.
1: So that's the thing. It's recognising that that's what kids are enjoying and therefore serving that up to them. But I do <laughs> think there is a line there because there is stuff that kids would enjoy and there is stuff that we could make for them that would do well because kids would enjoy it. But it's not something that we're going to make mm. because we also have that overarching principle of, um, you know, like wanting to make something that is good for kids. So there's finding that balance between we're not going to give them everything they want because, you know, if you if a kid uh, got to choose exactly what they were going to eat for dinner every night, you know, and you serve them up exactly what <laughs> so, they said they wanted. That's <laughs> the, a very the, good point. Very the good answer analogy. would not be exactly what you want them to eat, right? But you can definitely give them choice in that and you can give yeah, them something yeah. that... You know, if you've got a picky eater, say, you can give them something mm. that's going to be something mm. that they like, that's that's going to delight yeah, them, that they're going to want to yeah, eat, but it's not feeding so- them ice cream every night. He's a farm dog, Fred's his name,
0: rounding up sheep's his favourite game.
1: He's a clever dog
0: and fast on his feet, he'll, he'll duck and dive, and dive, run and leap. <laughs> <laughs> move him over this way, <laughs> <laughs> move him over that way. That's that's a really that's and and it sounds like you've had this question asked quite a lot because that's a very succinct answer. And while you were saying it, I was kind of going, it's no different to a shop window. I mean, if you if you've got your new season in and you want everyone to know about it, you've learned ways to design your shop window to to say this. We know what you want, and and we're going to make it easier for you to find the things that you want. And here it is. I mean, it is, and, and I don't I don't use advertising from the modern context i'm using it more from the from that point of view of just you are really just going the algorithm lets us know the kind of things that you're enjoying and we all do that we all make an album and if no one buys it and cares about it you change and you make different music i mean that's yeah i guess that's just I, all it is really
1: you follow the audience you know like if the audience is enjoying what you're making you make more of that and if the audience is not enjoying what you're making you make less of that so it's just that, but like, you know, at a, mm. at a much higher scale, it's just that sort of supercharged basically.
0: Yeah. T- very supercharged. Well, look, let's, let's, let's step away from all my, um, highfalutin, um, philosophical deep, uh, questions <laughs> about the universe. And let's just get back to who the hell are you and where, at what point did you wake up one morning and go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do bounce patrol. And then that was <laughs> it. You, you, um, I mean, you are you, you are have you have obviously um, a deep history in I use the entertainment loosely, but it's your thing, obviously.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I did I did theatre at university, um, and I ran a, a community theatre group for ten years, directing a lot of musical theatre. Um, so music theatre is sort of uh the the genesis i guess of of my love of the arts um and did music um but was more of a performer and a, and a creative um but i didn't start in this field i worked in the corporate world for you know the first decade of my career um so i you know went and did a business degree um after my arts degree. Um, did a Masters of Business and then worked in small business consulting um, for many years. And so I sort of came at it with a business brain, I guess. Um, And I had another YouTube channel prior to Bounce Patrol, which was teaching high school maths
0: uh because i also that's fascinating of a... <laughs> it's fascinating right and everybody everybody wants to youtube to teach them how to do maths yeah. i mean we go to youtube to get away from school you understand that yeah like we, we don't want to learn anymore I and mean, that's why youtube exists so we stop learning <laughs>
1: I, YouTube teaches everything you could want to learn, you could learn on YouTube. It is the best teacher no, out it there. Is,
0: it, is, it is very true. I've just started using InDesign based entirely around a short course I did of a series of five-minute videos on uh, YouTube. So,
1: so I understand. Yeah. It has everything. Um, yeah, so I had another YouTube channel prior to that. Um, I was really enjoying making videos, but I didn't want to
0: do, do maths. New-
1: yeah. I mean I was <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to do teaching maths necessarily. Yeah, like yeah. I enjoyed that and I was obviously passionate about it and yeah. I was I really enjoyed teaching the students that I had. Um but it wasn't when I decided that I wanted to have a crack at being a YouTube creator. And this is back, you know, 2000 and 2010, I had that channel, Mm. um, and then did that for a few years, um, and decided I wanted to do YouTube seriously. And I thought, okay, well, what's a project that I could be excited about working on every day Mm. and just always Mm. continue to be passionate about? Um, And so decided that I wanted to do something that was more like the theatre that I had been doing with my group Mm. of group of mates that I'd been doing for years and years, Um, and. That's the genesis of how Bounce Patrol was born. So it was it was born to be a YouTube channel. Yeah. As opposed oh, to being a, a kids entertainment group. So we have never performed live, for instance.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna ask that, but um I don't know, you don't need to. I mean I, 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 well, hey, sure. If somebody asks you to, great. But if no one does, then just... Yeah, I mean, it's something that I, we think would you, enjoy I think you're to doing do. all right. I think you're doing all right. You know, I don't, I don't know. If it's... <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's um, part of. It's focusing on one area has been really helpful because if we spread ourselves too thin by also touring mm-hmm. and doing shows, then we necessarily can't spend those hours in the day working on a YouTube video instead. And so it's just deciding that I can't do everything. We have to say no to certain things so that we can really hone and be focused on the one particular in- thing that we're trying to do well at.
0: I did think about it when I was putting this together and I was going to ask, have you played live or have you been approached to play live? And I'm assuming you've probably been approached. Have you been? Yeah. Have people yeah. ask you to play live. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine you have the success you have without somebody asking. But but the truth of it is, I mean you're, you're not going to get the exposure from playing live than you're going to get from what you're getting on YouTube. I mean, that's, I'm not, like, for you, it would have to be a decision based purely on the entertainment and the fun of just being able to do it in front of a live audience as opposed to what a great opportunity there's going to be 100 kids in the audience. I mean, that's,
1: yeah, that's we, ne-
0: never going to be the driving force for you, is it?
1: No, but I mean, I don't know if that's the driving force for anyone who, performs necessarily. Um, But, yeah, I think for us it would definitely be about the fun of performing and the Mm. joy of the immediacy of seeing the kids' reactions because doing what we do, which is focusing on YouTube and also on streaming, um, delivering our music to an audience that we never interact with, Directly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we do get to we do miss out on that connection of like seeing fans experience it mm. and the delight that we can bring to them. We get a little bit of that because people will send us like videos of mm. their kids watching or listening to our work, but um, that's the thing that we miss about not, yeah. not performing live.
0: And I think that's the, and I guess that probably falls back into that question where people say, um, you know, we're asking that question about, you know, following the algorithm and things like that. Is I guess it's probably hard thing for people to understand or quantify because they, they think it's how many people come to your show as a representation of. of of what you're doing whereas you know you're spread across the world and it's and and your your fans aren't necessarily down the road they're they're ev- down every road in every town in every country <laughs> yeah and you know that's that's i think particularly with kids as well because you rely so much on that feedback and the energy that you get from children mm. that i imagine it is quite difficult to 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 be i guess relevant consistent all those things when You're looking at a a number and going, well, we know they're there.
1: Yeah, but that's part of following the algorithm, right? Like in one sense, I don't get much feedback um, because I don't see a crowd of 100 kids, which Mm. part they sing along with, but I get a lot of feedback in the analytics of our videos about which parts they found interesting, which parts they didn't, Mm. which videos they liked, which videos they didn't, where they left the video, which parts were boring. So uh you could argue that i actually get much more granular feedback than just being in a live show because if you're performing at a live show you can't really pay attention to how they're reacting to every moment whereas if what you're doing is looking at an analytic screen and analyzing a spreadsheet you have plenty of time to know exactly the beat (laughs) that bored them
0: (laughs) well that's i mean you've got it's almost like you're getting a fully completed survey after every single Exactly. track you put up you get this thing back going well at one minute 34 we lost 80 percent of the audience and exactly. then at this point it's like yeah that's that's really fascinating actually and that's that's more than yes it's absolutely much more than you get from a live experience it's
1: a very different feeling it's much more yeah. um it's a bit it's colder you know to be to be doing the analysis that way as opposed to seeing the smile on a kiddo's face which is just
0: oh totally know. yeah and and the, the, the look and i don't think i don't think you know we all appreciate the fact that the 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 excitement of just walking out on a stage and all that kind of stuff is really lovely. It's a really lovely thing to kind of make mistakes and to be vulnerable that way. I think the, the vulnerability of a live performance is a really, it's a really wonderful thing, but then at the same time, it's really depressing to put something on YouTube and get 15 views. So, you know what I mean? It's kind (laughs) of, you know, (laughs) some of us get some aspect of it. Some of us get the other aspect of it. And, um,
1: Exactly. And that's why there's so many, yeah great projects around for kids Mm. in Australia, you know, and you've interviewed a lot of them. There's a lot of great work coming out of the kids' um, media, kids' entertainment, Mm. um, kids' music industry in Australia, and we all have a different way that we approach it and we all have different things that we get out of it and different things that we deliver to kids. And that's the beauty of this industry is that it's so diverse in how we approach it but also um, what, what kids can can get from all of these different projects and, and experiences.
0: Yeah. And I think and I think that also sort of leans back on that question that I asked about um, you know, what is it with the children's industry and why is it kind of and and I think it's by and large, people just are not aware of what's out there. They just really are not aware of how complex, how diverse. Yeah. You know, I was somebody was saying to me the other day, you know, what's a good, you know, well give me a good band to watch. And I sort of said, I don't think that's, that's not how it works. For me, it's, um, it's a connection through moments. So if you are in the yard, here's a really good band to play in the background while you want to do gardening with your kids. If you want to have some quiet time and read a book, here's a really beautiful thing to put on. If you want this, like there's, there's so many, it's not about this person's great. You should always listen to them. It's like, there's a hundred plus acts that can yeah. fill every single moment that you yeah. need filled so where are you at where are you at what do you need right now there is an act for it and I think yeah. that's the thing that people don't really understand they zone in on the um the biggest uh the one thing and go well that's what children's music is or that's what children's content is
1: and that's what um, we're going to listen to throughout all of the beats of our day whereas if you said that to an adult if it's like you know what, what, musician yeah. would you like to listen to when you're on a walk and when you're doing the dishes and when you're at the gym totally. and when you're at work doing uh yeah you know, like quiet music in the background like Precisely. in all of the experiences of all of your life what's the one artist that suits all of yeah. those terms? and that yeah. is just absurd.
0: yeah and are they good for yoga and are they good for sprinting down the road doing uh, a exactly. goddamn exercise program that you don't want to do huh? is it the same same album you listen exactly. to every time yeah really good very good point if
1: animals dance, how would they move? Show me how many- they-
0: Your website so back to the creation of it all and the website there's a um it says far from a passive viewing experience our bouncy beats and lively performers inspire kids to get on their feet and dance along with us engaging both their minds and bodies and shaking out some energy now going back to that idea of the interaction um and how you know you you get to read the analytics but but there, there's not necessarily the face-to-face thing how hard was it for you to take that interaction idea which which is much easier to quantify when you're in front of children. Was that really hard to try to relive that on a on a screen? Like to try to go, how do we how do we make sure this is or, or was it just trial and error? Again, looking back at the analytics and went, no one watched that one, but everyone watched this one.
1: Yeah. I'm there's a few things that we do for that. Um first of all, that's the That's the moment that Bounce Patrol is about. So the idea, the name Bounce Patrol is about getting Mm. kids to bounce. Getting them to want to dance to this song. So we don't do lullabies. We don't do the moment that's the quiet, we're calming down for bed. Um we did that once, but that was an interesting <laughs> experience.
0: We um, heads want to say before, there's someone else that does that really well. That's not us. Yeah, <laughs> our exactly. job is to make like, them go nuts.
1: We focus on they need to get their wiggles out. Um, they no. are just bouncing around the house. So let's get them to dance, let's Brilliant. get them to bop, let's get them to move their bodies, right? Because we all need to move our bodies a little bit particularly like you know mid mm, late yeah. afternoon there's that time where it's like the kids just need to they go on a little ratty let's get them to jump around right totally, um, totally that's the moment in the day that bounce patrol is about and we try and make music that gets kids to go yeah this is my jam when it comes on and they just mm. have to bounce so even if they're too young to walk you know they'll grab onto the coffee table and they'll bounce up and down yeah that's yeah bounce patrol um and so with that in terms of answering your question about how we make sure that that's something yeah. that they do.
0: But also specifically at the start, when you first had the idea, like.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of, we always do, we always do it with a test audience. So we're always showing the video to the kids in our lives and we're seeing how oh, they react. Okay. We're seeing the parts that they watch. We're seeing the parts where they get bored. We're seeing if they can copy the dance moves um, and that's something that's evolved over time as well is, is really hmm. understanding, oh, actually, this move is going to be too hard for them to copy. Um, so we need to simplify this or they won't be able to copy this, but they will love attempting it. So we're going to leave that in there anyway. Um, like a lot of things over their head, um, they can put their hands up in the air, but then they can't, depending on age milestones, Mm. right? They can put their hands up in the air, but then they can't necessarily coordinate kind of a hand action over their head we Mm. find. Mm. But even if you do something like that, they'll throw their hands up in the air and think that they're doing something that's a good approximation of it. (laughs) And they love that move and it's very energetic. So we'll continue to put those things in there. So just like working stuff like that out over time by watching the kiddos in our life when we show them the video and then adjusting the video based on that and then showing it to them again, that kind of thing. Um, but the choreography has changed a lot over the years as we've gotten better at understanding um, what what kiddos will will vibe with, basically. Yeah. Um, but we also do a lot of that when we're <laughs> songwriting. So we'll be talking about a moment in a song, which is going to be a, a move in the video. And so we get sure. up and we try and do it. And then part of the songwriting process is like, but if we're saying shake your elbow, what does that look like? And should we describe that differently? <laughs> Sorry, Shake your
0: elbow. For the yeah, people true. who
1: can't see we're on, yeah. we're on a video call at the moment and I am dancing wildly <laughs> in my chair.
0: <laughs> Shaking my elbows, which now that I, you know, it's exactly what you're doing, but yes, it's only because I can see you doing it, but it's a very, <laughs> it's a pretty strange, it's a bit chicken dancey, isn't it? Yeah. I can right, shake my elbow. If you want to to dance like a robot just do what we do you can do it too keep your body stiff like an astronaut come on take a shot show us what you got so it's it's really considered i mean you really it's a real um like there's nothing incidental with what you do like and, and i don't mean like i expected there to be but i mean it's really Um, and, and this is a term that probably is going to come out wrong, but it's really micromanaged in terms of the process of creating the content. It's, it's really is, you know, okay, this word, does this word need to be readjusted? Does this, is this going to match with the visual? How do we, is that, is that, that, so so how, what is the, what is the process? So let's say, um. You know, next week you need to have something new. What's what's the process? Who do you who do you sit down with? I guess who's who's the well, other people in the, the team? would be next week. The first part of
1: the process, like from go to woe, from the concept of the video that we're going to make through to the video being on YouTube channel. It's not next week. It's like six to nine months. Which depend, uh, the shortest we've probably ever done is two or three months. Really?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's a really? long time. <laughs>
0: Not because we're
1: working on, not because we're working on one piece of content for nine months, but because we're always having something rolling (laughs) off the production I was going to say,
0: you need to, you're doing really well for bringing out one thing a year. (laughs) Like every nine months. Yeah, no, it's not that we
1: produce one thing a year, but like when they're in the pot Mm. of being constructed, like there are certain songs that are at the idea stage currently Mm. there are certain songs that are at the songwriting stage, there are certain ones that are at music production, there are certain ones Mm. that are at Mm. cast, recording, vocals, there are ones that are mixing and mastering, then there are ones that are at video pre-production, then there are ones that are at video filming, then there are ones that are in the video edit, and then there are the ones that are at the marketing stage at the end there. So if you... I could tell you the name of the song that's Mm. coming out six months from now, because Mm. currently it's at the, you know, mixing and mastering stage, say. So there's lots of, there's lots of songs in each one of those buckets over time. Um, And to have one roll off the end of that production line once a month, they end up being in that process for, for some time.
0: A long time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And we don't tend to like work on one song or one video from start to finish all the way and then work on the next one. Yeah, Yeah. I used to do that in the early days. Like when it was just me doing all of the parts of the process, like when it was, um, when it was just me and the cast and so I was doing all of the all of those steps behind mm. the scenes, um, I would tend to, for my own kind of <laughs> being able to keep yeah. track of everything in my brain, I would tend to do one from all the way from start to finish. But now that we have yeah. a team of people working on stuff, we need to have a lot more systems and processes in place that mean that um, those handover points from person to person
0: mm.
1: are a lot more defined and so we have a lot more on the go at once.
0: So, so when you were starting, and like, let's go back to when you were saying you're doing it pretty much all yourself. I guess from that perspective, you you obviously were the creator. you I mean, you create uh, creatively. You're you're all over the whole thing. Has it has it become more? Except for more...
1: songwriting, I always had help with songwriting.
0: Right, and who who's your songwriter? Is it the same person? And it's
1: a bunch of different people.
0: <laughs> now there's now there's a there's, there's a tens team of, of people. Strapped to, yeah. strapped to but desks, there always you know? was,
1: yeah. There always was a, a group of different people that I was collaborating with. Um so and I would work with a different songwriter depending on the song or the video the that I was aiming for. Like this one, we want this kind of a feel, and so and that we wanted to hit these beats. So I'm gonna choose this songwriter to give
0: this project to yeah, it, It's kind of yeah, that's interesting you say that because I, I kind of was listening like you know, my, I mean, look. I'll be honest with you. When you when you research someone for a podcast, there's like two or three albums to go through. There's not ten years or fifteen years of of <laughs> yes, a sorry relentless, relentless amount of. So I did my best to get through as much. I sort of concentrated on the early stuff and the later stuff to see how you'd grown. <laughs> but I did at some point when I just I will never get to the end of any of this. So, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but one song that did jump out, which I think was a pretty good example of a lot of stuff that I was hearing, was. Um, was the alphabet construction song, and the thing—the thing about that—that that I think really stood out to me is—is is you you have this repeated verse, and I'm, I'm not, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing the idea of this repeated verse, you know, they can pick up the melody nice and quick, and they know what's coming next, yeah, and, and then they can join in quicker from that perspective rather than have to listen to the song twenty times before they've learned it, yeah. The
1: predictability is a big thing for kids, yeah.
0: But then once you've got that predictability behind that, every sort of 30 seconds there's a whole different kind of music breakdown going on and then that's happening over four minutes and it's actually a really lot of work that was actually musically quite I was quite astounded by it like I was just kind of going there's just there's a constant new um vibe going on in that yeah that song constantly and I mean I guess like you just said that comes down to going this is quite a repetitive song. So I need someone who's going to be able to do this.
1: Yes. To it. Yep. So that in particular is because that song is so repetitive. So we're just teaching phonics for the letters of the alphabet. Mm. There are 26 different scenes in the videos plus an intro and an outro at the end. And to keep that interesting and engaging, that's not something that you're going to listen to on streaming, right? That one is mm. designed video first. So that's the other thing. Sometimes we will design song first and, like with the song in mind, and sometimes we design with the video in mind, that one is very much video in mind. There's The scene needs to change every letter so that you're introduced to something mm-hmm. visually new each time and also so that the kid is going to say, oh, I know what the word is coming up, right? So yeah, if we yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. D, 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 what's it going to be? But you can yeah, see yeah, the digger on the screen, right? They're going to make the sound and say digger. Um and so wow. each scene changes visually. So the music underneath changes with it. So the instrumentation, the music production that you're talking about mm. there changes with it. Um, but that's the the genius of that particular um music producer that we work with. Yeah. So she's been making those alphabet series for us for many many years and um yeah, way back from the first one, it was like, "Okay, can you give a slightly different flavor to every letter of the alphabet?" And we'll will I'll give her what the words are going to be, and she'll craft a sort of instrumentation music production around that word. So mm. like the sea creatures one is a really um or um well, the animals one is a, is a great example of that because you know when when we get to the moment where she knows we're going to say monkey it it has a like jungle vibe and then yeah, you know she yeah, gets to the yeah, one where we she yeah. knows we're going to say narwhal <clears throat> it has a like sort of you know yeah, it has an ocean vibe. In Wa- yeah, it has
0: a whale with a horn vibe coming. Exactly,
1: coming. <laughs> exactly. And then you get to the zebra verse and it's like, okay, now we've got, we've yeah. brought out the instruments. They're going to make it sound yeah, like, you know, yeah, we're on yeah. safari. We are witches on
0: Halloween. We cackle,
1: giggle,
0: and Going back to the original question so f- when it all started it would have been a lot of you across it creatively and artistically yes whereas now is it almost like you are still around over it artistically but i mean it's almost like project managing now with so many moving parts going all the time and i'm and i'm assuming you're still the head of the the yeah. Top head of the snake or whatever. It is. I don't know what the yeah. technology yeah. is, but you know what I mean? Like it's still, everyone's coming back to you. And that doesn't, does that leave you much time to still be quite creatively on top of everything? Or are you, or are you really relinquishing a lot of trust and faith in these people? And if you are, is that hard for you to do if being a creative person?
1: Um, It's a bit of both and it depends on the song and the project. So, I mean, I am very much involved at every step of the way and giving a lot of, like, guidance for this is what we're trying to hit with this moment and then giving notes and saying, you know, like, Mm. Uh, You know, if it's notes on music production, it might be coming back and saying like, okay, I think the synth that we've used here is not really getting the vibe. Can we swap that lick out for, you know, a viola and see what's going to happen instead? You know, Mm. so giving that level of notes, um, but not necessarily actually going into Ableton yeah, and doing yeah. the, doing the um, production yeah. myself.
0: You're not, you're not sitting down at 2am with a bottle of scotch and, and a cigarette going, oh, and punching out songs and things like that those days. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no. I am very involved in every stage of it still, including the songwriting and trying to hit the right moments and the right beats um, because ultimately I know what we're trying to achieve with a particular song or a particular mm, mm. Um, video. And so I'm steering the ship towards that goal. Um, yeah, I don't think that, I don't know if that answers the question necessarily.
0: Yeah, no, I think it does. I mean, I, I guess it's like anything as you, as you become more successful, the, the the risk. And I think just, you know, from, from hearing, hearing and what I know of you from the really quite outrageously glowing remarks I get from everybody else that's, that's met you, um, you know, it is, it's, it's a lot of work, like it is a lot of, um, I don't, admin's not a fair comment, but it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of management. It's a lot of managing people. And I wondered if that was just removing you a bit from that creative process, but it feels like you still hold on to that quite closely because it is your vision, I guess. It is still your thing and it yeah. needs to operate in the way that you want it to operate.
1: But I don't think of it as management, I think of it as collaboration. Hmm. So it's like saying, you know, if you sat down to write a song with someone, and you were ultimately saying, "This is what I want the song to be." Would you say that you were managing them to write the song? You know, like you're not. You're working together on yeah, a creative. Yeah,
0: m- musicians are the worst. I have to. You have to. <laughs> lose music. Like, they, just, they never turn up. <laughs> no, I did not. Same know thing at mean. every it's... step of the way.
1: <laughs> like I'm a director, right? So I am trying yeah. to get okay. the. Yeah. I'm trying to get the best from everyone who's working on every stage of the project by giving them the kind of direction and notes yeah. and things that yeah. means that we're all going to come together to achieve the thing that we're trying to do.
0: And is it exciting? I think to be, be, be able to collaborate and trust the people that you have working with you?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I love it. Do, it you, you get, do
0: you still get that sense of like, oh, my goodness, what? They wonder what they're going to come up with and
1: yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff? absolutely I do. And I'm always delighted when they send something back and I'm like, man, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, like if it's a music production um, and our, our producer sends something through and, you know, it, like a really good example of that is... Um, is bounce like a bunny, which is a song that I wrote with, yep. um, with our internal music um, maestro here. We wrote that together, and the the demo that we had sort of specced out pretty much just had, I think it was just piano in there, but we had said go nuts. We want it to sound really silly. So we want like spring sound effects and we want like slide whistles and we want, you know, amazing. like silly this up, you know. And he just he sent us back this just yeah, cacophony of madness. <laughs> and it was just the best. We're both, you know, the first time we listened to it, we were just like, this is amazing. of a process, right? Like we'll knock out the song together mm. and kind of sit in the room and, and flesh it out, put together a demo and then the, um, and give a lot of guidance to a music producer on actually programming what we want the track to sound like um, mm. and then it'll come back and go through into the next stage. So it's not like puppeteering the whole way because we are very involved mm. creatively throughout all of those steps, I guess.
0: Because I guess, I mean... I'd look, I look, I mean, I, I think um, I was looking at kids live and make a silly face way back in the days when it was like them in the park um, and, you know, shot on a camera and, you know, very, very different. And it almost felt like, were you quite clear from that early stage that you wanted to be YouTubing this, this act? Because I kind of, I looked at that and I kind of went, oh, it's, it's really awesome because it's, it's, it's sort of following in that awesome tradition that we have with people like high five and things like that um but then obviously there became this quite significant shift into uh that more green screen stuff and Mm -hmm. and youtube i mean was that was that a bit of a natural progression or did you just like did you did you at the start was it always this is going to be a youtube act or did at the start did you kind of go actually i don't really know what this is i just really want to make really fun content this might sit somewhere on television. I don't know, or it was always from the word go. YouTube, YouTube.
1: Never had the intention to put it on television. Mm. I set mm. out wanting to be a YouTube creator, and this was the project that I that I wanted to make videos for. Um, th- you know, which was dancing and singing and entertaining children with my mates. Um, yeah. It was always going to be a YouTube project, and it and it had that ethos. Um, to it from the start. The reason it evolved to green screen. We only ever did one video, our first ever video outdoors, um, and the reason it, it, that it changed kids to like green kids screen. Life? Yeah, kids yep. yeah. So our first video, when I was figuring out how to do this, we shot outside, um, but we had to shoot at like five thirty in the morning yeah. to find a time when there weren't yeah. going to be people in the background, and we had to find a day when all five of the cast were off work. So we did mm. it on Cup Day at 5.30 in the morning to try and like coordinate all of the schedules. Right. And so we did that once and I was like, right, we're never doing that again. So what are we doing doing now?
0: Yeah, so true.
1: So we set up a green screen because then you can do it in the evening because it doesn't have to be daylight. Yeah,
0: it's controlled. Yeah, totally. It's
1: completely controlled. It's a controlled environment. So from then on, we did green screen, but that came about out of like production necessity, Mm. not necessarily Mm. from a creative standpoint, but from the second video, that was what we did. And we've done that for 10 years.
0: Because you were doing quite regular content, like what was, well, at your peak, were you doing like a video a week? What's, what's the maximum?
1: No, I don't think I've ever done a video a week. I think the most you're now of... about
0: a video a month now? Is that Yeah, about a video a sitting? month.
1: Yeah. And it's always hovered there or thereabouts. Sometimes I've got it to the point where we've done one every three weeks, um, but generally a video a month. Usually in Halloween, we'll do two. So mm. over the course of a year, it adds up to more than 12. Um, but generally like 13 or 14 videos a year.
0: So it has, I mean, it's been 10 years. Yeah. And that's a lot of, that's a huge amount of content, a lot of work. Um, how do you, how do you, what do you, what's your processes to keep it I don't think fresh is the word I'm after because it sounds like you you love it. You really love what oh, you yeah. do. And I think I, love and it. I think when you well, I think when you love it, you, you're under no real need to go, how can I keep this interesting? I mean it probably just happens quite naturally, does it? I guess like absolutely do you, still, do you still find yourself every every month or wherever you're at, kind of always going, Oh, I've just seen how that works. I can now build off that. And is it a constant scaffolding thing for you? it from is a, from production all that kind of stuff i mean is yeah. it do you, do you feel pretty uh, i guess i guess the question is do you feel pretty certain in what you're doing or do you still get excited about waking up and going i don't even know about that i need to go and find out and see how we can incorporate that into what bounce patrol do next uh,
1: there's a lot of that just in terms of the platform is always changing so if you mm-hmm. think about the youtube as a platform because that's our primary place um we also you know, are in a lot of other places as well, but just talking about YouTube, YouTube is never static. Like over the course of 10 years, YouTube is always like, first of all, the algorithm is changing, kids' tastes Mm. are changing, what's working, what's not changing. Like right now, shorts is a big thing on YouTube, right? So you wake up and you go, okay, do we make shorts? If so, what do our shorts look like? This is a whole Mm. new format we have to Mm. learn. There's always Mm. something that is the new thing that you need to be sinking your teeth into. Um, We also still experiment with videos and try different things. We can't change the formula too much because uh, kids are used to – a certain yeah. thing from us and a certain yep. look. And yep. so it needs to be that way. But we do sometimes experiment with, um, around the edges with making things look a little bit different or trying something mm. new, mm. um, and growing our skills that way. Well, I guess way. your
0: software, software gets better, right? Like, I mean, an animated tree for 10 years ago, looks very different to an animated tree now because you just, yeah
1: just stuff's it, better. You can
0: just do stuff better. looks better. Hi kids. What's your favorite animal? Let's talk very quickly about Jacinta, Jackson, Alyssa, Will, and Rachel. Yes. You've repeated several times that they're your friends. Yes. Um, Were they all from the word go around the table at, 10 years ago just going, oh, sure, man, let's do it? What <laughs> was it like? Like did you, I imagine you had like some sort of PowerPoint and you went and here's what's going to happen and this is what I'm imagining and I need you to wear these colours and I know you're all very serious actors but how about what it is? <laughs> Like how did um, how did that all go?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I they were very used to me calling them up and saying, I have a new harebrained scheme of a thing that I'm trying and you're in it. So can you turn up at this time? Like that was that was the story I need you of at our 5 friendship. Five A for 20 years. cup
0: day at this park <laughs> on this climbing equipment. What do you want us to and, wear? The brightest thing you have.
1: Pretty much. And they're all just like, Oh, yeah, okay, sure. No worries. See you there, Shannon.
0: Um, Love it because
1: I had done I had done a lot of other projects with that group of friends so we' done um, we did a choir that I ran with them for a while and they had all been in a lot of the music theater that I had mm, directed mm. and just lots of different you know, I'm one of those pe- people who's just like, I've got this new idea and I'm going to try this project. I'm I, like, I, I need people I to be am. in it. So you just have this roster of people you call I'm, and you're like, I'm okay, guys. I'm not surprised.
0: Is what's <laughs> Shannon, I'm not surprised in the slightest. I've been withholding the 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 desire to say overachieving because I think there's something really negative about that comment, but you, you so I don't know what the alternative to that is. I don't know what the really Flattering version of that is, but you are the really amazing version of an overachiever. Oh, well, here. thank you. you are someone who seems to be very clear on the things you want to do, and there's a million of them, and there's no I there's get not no enough no hours sense, in the day. <laughs> I get no sense that they're not going to happen. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like
1: Oh, well, thank you. you know. I think no, it's yeah, amazing to listen to. Particularly during my 20s, I was one of the people who always had lots of different projects going on. Mm. I think in the last 10 years my entire focus has been on Bounce Patrol. So that has changed somewhat because I'm very, mm-hmm. like, hyper-focused on this project um, and making this work.
0: But it's within it that. Marries, it marries your arts degree and your maths degree, right? It's <laughs> it like does. the maths part. I mean, every time you talk about the analytics, <laughs> I'm just, like, going, oh, my God, this is and a my mathematician's, business like, dream. Yeah. This, is, oh, this is amazing. My yeah. father's a, a mathematician. He's a doctor in maths. And I and just, he would, I need to sign him up to this. He'd be so excited about <laughs> it. He'd love it.
1: Yeah. I mean it's yeah, it's great fun, but I I have the I have the text message I sent to Jackson um in 2012 and it said I'm starting a kids band and you're in it. Rehearsals on Thursday at 7:30. See you there. And he just replied sure. <laughs>
0: I love it. That's brilliant. it's like two
1: you, there was no PowerPoint presentation. There was just like this is what's happening. This is where you're. That, that is
0: there is a sense though that watching the videos, there is that though. Like I think, I think what sort of sets Bounce Patrol apart, and probably what actually is a lot to do with its success as well, is is you know often with things like this, there might be. I guess, actors or someone who's paid to come in and perform particular roles. I don't get that sense with them. I kind of feel that 27 million views or five, they'd still do it because you're all just kind of having a laugh and doing it. And and it just so happens what you're making working and is great. Yeah, but
1: absolutely. I think well, that comes it was all across. It really for comes the across. It was all voluntary for the first how many
0: years. like there was it was all voluntary up until like right now when they hear this
1: <laughs> until last week yeah uh, <laughs> for the first like several years it was just one of those passion projects you know like yeah. we get together on the weekends and we make these cool fun videos um, I think a lot of YouTube projects start like that you know where it's just like Mm. we're just going to have fun and there's no expectation necessarily that we'll get compensated for our time but you know we we love hanging out with our friends and doing this fun thing and so this is our hobby this is what we're going to do and that's how it started um and obviously it's evolved since then but um, yeah they were all willing and gung-ho to just do it for the love of it Um, Mm. and I think that really translates on screen because we all still do it for the love of it.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, and I've, I've, I think I say this in just about every podcast, but there's, there's just an energy around making content for children that I just don't think you get anywhere else. And even, and even, and, and I think what's testament about bouncer trials, even if there's not children there. There's still this thing that just feeds you and feeds your excitement and feeds. It's just a really, um, not a big fan of the term "lovely environment," but it's just a really. It's it, there's something so genuine about the world of entertaining children. Yeah, it, it's really common that you talk to musicians that then have kids and then at their kid's birthday party they just get their other music mates around and they and then they eventually make a band because they just had so much fun doing it. Yeah, and I, I just. I don't think people understand that is it? it's, 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 there's something so giving from being part of that world um, that it doesn't surprise me that 10 years later, everyone's like going, Oh yeah, we're getting paid this amazing. This is great. Like I still do it anyway. Cause it's like, yeah, totally. It's, the <laughs> yeah. Most fun. it's like that or true crime docos. And they're kind of bringing me down a bit. So this is great. <laughs> Here comes Peter Cottontail. Hopping
1: down the bunny trail. Easter's on his way. Bring in every girl and boy. Baskets
0: full of Easter joy. Things to make your Easter bright and gay. So Easter amongst all of you, is it it's been ten years, there must be a bunch of children now. Is it like a, Yeah, a, a, yeah. Several of the
1: kids? Yeah, several of the cast members have kids. Um and they they've even appeared in some of the videos occasionally. Um so yeah, we've and they've often been around when we're shooting um, which humbles us as well because they'll say from the sidelines you know like you should do this um, which is delightful
0: <laughs> yeah my, my daughter's now 10 about to turn 11 and I've officially become very uncool and so Ooh, uh yeah. yeah she's helping me keep it very real so um, <laughs> it's a shame though because I you know I'm <laughs> I tend to not listen and still come out and embarrass her in front of her friends. But yeah, I did, I did a show recently where I wore a jumpsuit covered in Christmas lights and um, yeah, she was mortified when I walked out to show everyone. <laughs> um, Just a couple of more questions because it's been amazing. Look, I think, I think for me and I hope people listening, I, I think, I, re- I kind of really do mean what I said at the start. It's very unique. And what you're doing is is really standalone and not just from a perspective of, you know, and admiration. You can't argue with the success that the Bounce Patrol has had. It's, it's really quite phenomenal. Um, the Spanish songs. Yes. Now, you obviously did that because Spanish is the single largest language on the planet.
1: Yeah.
0: Are they the performers singing Spanish or did you get Spanish singers in? Because Spanish I was
1: looking... singers. Because yeah, it's not end... our team because we d- we wanted to do it right and we didn't want to have the accent yeah, be wrong or yeah. us pronouncing yeah, things wrong. So, because we aren't fluent in Spanish, we wanted people who are fluent in Spanish to be doing it so that it was actually useful for. Spanish speakers, but also people who were learning Spanish as a second language. And it's,
0: but it's not, they're not, it's not just overdubbed the English clip though, is it? Yeah, it's it actually, is. Is it really? No, it's,
1: yeah, it's overdubbed on the English clip.
0: Wow. I need to so, brush but, up on my so, <laughs> lip reading skills.
1: So, but that's part of the genius of our um, translator who we have working with us because he is bilingual and he works towards choosing words for the Spanish translation mm. that mm. are going to end up looking pretty pretty good when they're dubbed. It's not always entirely the same number of syllables, um, mm. but generally within music, because you're going to be singing to a certain beat, you can kind of make the words and the mouth movements line up similarly. So, um, yeah, we can make the dubbing look not too <laughs> like bad. I
0: could, yeah, like I could tell it was obviously... Um... Like obviously, it was dubbed from the perspective that it, yeah, it wasn't exactly in time and things. But but I but I watching their mouths, I was like, I think they actually are saying the Spanish words. It's just the playback is you know whatever. But I didn't realize it was just over the English. That's pretty. It's incredible. the
1: English video, but with Spanish. Yeah,
0: music. yeah, it's great. Yeah did, did they did they make a huge difference? Moving in, in Spanish or not really? Like, I mean, did did you find yourself with a huge the Spanish it, channel no? isn't
1: enormous. Um, mm. we're still growing the Spanish channel. Uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a yeah, it was an interesting project and it was an interesting uh, like I want to say not not segue into another language, but yeah, we just wanted to try it's out serving kids guess, in other yeah, yeah, a way of expanding, but expanding yeah. on YouTube in mm. a way that was relatively low lift because we're not recreating the videos. We're just recreating yeah, sure, the music sure, sure, tracks. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so for us, yeah, it was an interesting experiment. If it had gone really well, we might have done it into lots more languages, but I think it's mm. um, for the the size of it, the scale of it, it's hard to make it um make sense from a business perspective because you've got to do really big numbers on YouTube to pay for making that kind of content. Um, because the ad rates are so low on kids content. So it, it, for it to be self-sustaining, it has to get a certain number of views. Mm. Um, and we haven't quite hit those milestones yet.
0: Yeah, Sure. Sure. Um, okay. Two more questions. First one is there's this kind of thing about people say you you do the covers because it leads them to your site and then you get to do your originals. You are one of the rare YouTube acts that your your originals are, get just as many views as the covers. Yeah.
1: Well, they don't get just as many. They get
0: they, d- they, they get pretty good, good, good views. Though.
1: They yeah. do well, but they're but they're all but that's because the traffic is coming in from the nursery rhymes. And then people will stay and watch the back catalogue, which includes our originals. People but, don't. But a, lot, enter- but a lot of people
0: do that. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen that in other channels where that just doesn't happen. People watch the the cover, then they they're gone. I mean, you you yeah. look at people have really high cover views, followed by a hundred of an original. Whereas I think yeah, Bounce which i was really been able to.
1: Yeah, I I I mean, I I still our original not in our top ten, for instance. You know, like our top ten videos that deliver the most traffic are all nursery rhymes, and Mm. then after after that is when is Mm. when you start getting into the originals. The originals will just never get the same amount of views as something like Old MacDonald Had a Farm because. because of the nature of algorithms, right? Because mm-hmm. if a kid is watching Old MacDonald Had a Farm, it might recommend them another Old MacDonald Had a Farm. Yep. But the nature of your original is the algorithm doesn't know what to relate yeah, this next yeah, to. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, sure. So, like, they're just hampered from that perspective from the outset. But uh, if someone is really into Bounce Patrol, then they're going to go away and watch the rest of our material, and that's yeah. when we can get yeah. them to watch our originals.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, it's 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 a bit of an age-old theory, but I I, I don't, I personally haven't seen it work a lot outside of Bounce Patrol. It really does work for you. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a testament to the quality of your covers or your originals. I mean, I, I would, my immediate assumption is to, it's because of the quality of the originals, but it but it really does, like there's there's big views there, which, which I don't see in a lot of other people that kind of follow the same theory, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: But there wouldn't necessarily be if we took one of the songs that we had written for to be music for the album. If we'd one of the songs that we wrote for the intention of streaming and then made a YouTube video and put it over on YouTube, it wouldn't get the views. Mm -hmm. Or it might get some because we are a big act, but it wouldn't get the same amount of views as one of the originals that we wrote every bar of that knowing how it was going to be matched to a visual that was going to keep a child's attention and hit the right viewer signals for YouTube. So those originals are not, let's write a song and then, hey, as an afterthought, we'll make a video and see how it does on YouTube. Every every part of that is designed around being Something that will get served up to viewers mm. on YouTube. One, eins, um, satu, two, zwei,
0: dois, Dua. three, drei, tres, Tika. In English, are, are you ready? ready? One. So what's what's two, the future for Bounce Patrol? Is it just keep on keeping on, and one day it'll it present? Like, do you do you believe in allowing it to present its own future to you, or?
1: Yeah. I mean, I subscribe to the
0: idea that it just kind of goes, yeah, man, let's just keep doing this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love what we do. um, And we have to say no to a lot of opportunities. So there's a lot of way. Yeah. There's a lot of things that Bounce Patrol could do. And there's a lot of ways that Bounce Patrol could be taken to um, great heights, but those are not Lunchboxes, necessarily what lunch the project and drink <laughs> bottles. Is that we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> For example. Uh, but that's not necessarily what we love making. And that's not necessarily what we yeah. want to spend our time working on, you know? Um, and so as creative people, what we want to spend time working on is making the stuff that we make. And so uh yeah, we could scale up much bigger and become uh, you know, a, di- a very different kind of business but mm. uh what we do now is what we all love to do and so we're going to keep doing this
0: it's it's really awesome and I'm really glad i got the opportunity to to not just speak with you but actually just go through it all because because look I, I'll i be honest with you I, I don't know a lot about that world and I don't delve into it much and and um and like anything, if you don't really look into it, you just don't really know what's going on. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Shannon. Um, it was really amazing talking to you. It was so nice to just get get the load down on, on what it is and what makes you tick. And I think also too, I think from I hope from the listener's perspective to really be able to tap into, you, you know, you 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 the the real beautiful commitment you have to children and i think that's that's the most important thing through all of this and i think that really stands out in
1: oh well thank you in,
0: yeah even in your even you know your are descript- as i asked at the start about the algorithm and things like that and i think i think it's yeah it's really it is it's much more respectful than i think perhaps even i kind of realize so i appreciate you um at least if nothing else opening my eyes to all of that and um and lowering yourself down from the cool ladder to just hover <laughs> hover around. Mediocre climbing up, portions. climbing up
1: to be as cool as having a chat with you, Benny.
0: <laughs> um, but I really, yeah, I really appreciate you taking time out today and and chatting with me and giving us all the goss.
1: No worries. It was lovely chatting to you. Thank you very much.
0: If you'd like to know more about Shannon and her extraordinary feats, then head along to www.bouncepatrol.com. And, of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Shannon questions.